0: Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we mix and mingle with members of the West Seattle Chamber of Commerce who recently gathered at the Log House Museum and hear from people volunteering their time and effort to build the Heron's Nest, a community led project where giving back is being taken to new heights. This episode of Always West Seattle is a program of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society based out of the Log House Museum on Alki, and we'd like to begin by acknowledging that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present, and we honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. The Loghouse Museum celebrates its 25th anniversary this year, and besides visiting the museum itself, which recently reopened to the public, you're invited to a special event happening this summer to mark this momentous occasion. It's called Bridging Our Communities and will be held Friday, June 3rd at Salty's on Alki. This event is your opportunity to raise a toast to the Loghouse Museum's place in our community's history, plus learn about what's in store for the future And show your support by bidding in the auction or just buying a ticket and joining the fun for a summer evening on the waterfront. Registration is now open and you can score the early bird price up till May 12th. Reserve your spot and find more information at loghousemuseum.org. And big thanks to presenting sponsors Luna Park Cafe and Alki Beach Academy for making this event possible. The West Seattle Chamber of Commerce recently brought their monthly after-hours networking event to the Log House Museum. For some people, it was their first opportunity to visit the museum, and for others, it was like returning home. Have you been to the Log House Museum before?
1: I have not, this is my very first time.
0: How long have you known about the Log House Museum?
2: I was today years old.
0: <laughs> Why do you think places like this are important to a community like West Seattle?
2: To preserve history and culture.
3: I volunteer with the Southwest Seattle Historical Society and I fell in love with the Log Museum because my grandfather lived in a log house when I grew up in Montana. I like the building itself. I I love these old log buildings.
0: And why do you think something like the Log House Museum is important in a community like West Seattle?
3: Oh, history. History is so important to know where we came from and get
2: an idea of where we might want to go.
0: Have you ever been to the Log House Museum before?
2: Oh, I've only walked by. I've never actually been inside. And I just went around and saw the exhibit, and it was an amazing exhibit. And I learned so much in a very short period of time.
0: How many times do you think you've walked by the Log House Museum before going in?
2: Eight, ten? Maybe eight to ten times.
0: And it lived up to your expectations?
2: Absolutely. I actually even like that little small room because it gives the voice of the Duwamish tribe. I spent a lot of time in there hearing about their perceptions of the settlement of Seattle. So I really enjoyed that.
0: Why do you think places like this are important in a community like West Seattle?
2: Oh, good question. We need to understand and remember and acknowledge the history of this place from all viewpoints and vantage points, not just our own perceptions or the perceptions of the majority, but understanding the viewpoint and the perceptions of uh, the diversity around us. So I think we need to visit places like this more. I'm really eager to visit the Longhouse as well, because I'm embarrassed to say I haven't been there either.
0: You should check it out.
2: I need to go check it out, most definitely.
0: The next West Seattle Chamber of Commerce After Hours event is happening May 26th at Easy Street Records, and they have many more events happening each and every month, which you can learn more about at wschamber.com. On a leafy hillside above the Duwamish Longhouse on West Marginal Way, an innovative project driven by environmental restoration and restorative justice is taking root among the trees. It's called Heron's Nest, and its origin goes back to the spring of 2020, when a nonprofit organization called the Shared Spaces Foundation led the initiative to reclaim, restore, and ultimately repatriate to the Duwamish tribe this three-and-a-half-acre parcel of land. What was once an unauthorized dumping ground is being reshaped into an education center and gathering space with more plans in the works as fundraising efforts continue to purchase the property. To learn more about how Heron's Nest got started and how it's going, I talked with the field director of this inspiring effort, Amanda Lee.
4: So the Heron's Nest project began because uh, a developer did own, or still does technically own this three and a half uh, acres here in West Seattle that was being privately put up for sale. And they were set to build 20 townhomes on the three and a half acre parcel. Mm-hmm. And when we found out that they were potentially interested in selling due to the cost of development, that is when shared spaces approached Duwamish Tribal Services, which their main gathering space is the Duwamish Tribal Longhouse right. is located directly down the hillside from this three and a half acres So Shared Spaces approached the tribal council and board and asked of what their interests were to regain access to this very significant and culturally significant historical kind of space and use of space and having access to more outdoor green spaces for use of cultural ceremonial activities um, and what that would look like. So in 2020, that's when conversations began between Mm -hmm. Shared Spaces and the Duwamish Council and board.
0: So that's where it started. And uh, where are things at now?
4: Since early 2021, Shared Spaces began leasing the parcel after having a lot of interest in being able to rematriate and save the land from development. So a lot of discussion built around that and in agreements of financially helping support the purchase of the land, providing volunteer assistance in management, land stewardship, and accessibility to the space. When... Uh, the land was first began to be worked on. It was heavily dilapidated. There's a single family home residence that is on the property that was completely gutted. There were a bunch of stolen vehicles and years and years of trash that had been dumped up here when it was unmanaged. And so the project began with a large cleanup that took quite a while of removing tons of debris and um, materials from the site uh, to make it accessible, doing a lot of Restoration. The site has actually seen and has a very long, interesting history of past contamination and use um, of storage for materials throughout the development and industrialization of the Duwamish River Valley. So that's a really interesting part of all of this, and how it also interconnects with all of the ongoing issues um, and impacts from the past hundred years of development and industry in this neighborhood and area. So. Currently still working on all of that diligently. Right now, the funding for purchase was granted through an EDI, a City of Seattle grant that Shared Spaces was awarded late October 2021. And since then, we've been in discussion around the purchase and sale agreements with councils in the City of Seattle. And Shared Spaces has acted as a third party to help support financially and with labor and supporting this process And so because of past contamination and use of the land and different things that had been stored up here in the past, we're currently um, going through the process of receiving a no further action agreement through Department of Ecology to remove any risk and liability around further responsibility of past use of the land. And so until that's resolved, which hopefully will be This summer, the city of Seattle will not release the funds towards purchase until all liability is assorted around past use and contamination of the property. The property has been cleaned. It was actually cleaned by the McFarland family who originally developed the land back in 2006. But when Uh, John McFarland passed away, the original owner, a lot of that paperwork and information was never put on record with Department of Ecology. Mm. So we've been doing a lot of fact searching and data and public records in finding uh, this information and being able to present it formally um, through an environmental firm. To Department of Ecology to then hopefully remove any of this remaining risk and liability around future ownership and
0: use. Gotcha. So you're going way back in time to get a stamp of approval for for things that yes. happened a long time ago <laughs> to move forward. <laughs>
4: yes, and definitely did not want to put the burden of these things on the Duwamish Tribe or others. So Shared Spaces has really picked up a lot of the responsibility to help this project and land flourish into the future future and make sure that, you know, nobody's gonna get in trouble for others' wrongdoings in the past.
0: <laughs> I think that's a really interesting and and awesome aspect of this project is that it's not just about buying a piece of property and saying, okay, Duwamish tribe, it's yours now. It's really about taking the responsibility to clean it up and activate it in an interesting way with the community. Do you know, has there been a sort of a give back project like this before? Or is there another project that served as a model to make this happen with Heron's Nest?
4: We've had to do things a little bit backwards then folks normally would do because we've been actively fundraising and building awareness around this project while doing the work and still not having security around use of the space since it is still owned by a developer and we are still leasing the land until the purchase can close. But a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of restoration and money has gone into cleaning up the site and continuing to expand that around the Duwamish River Valley, but Throughout our research, honestly, we haven't necessarily found another project similar. There's definitely an increasing capacity around folks trying to rematriate or repatriate land to uh, tribal nations and indigenous or native communities. But there have not been many nationally in cases like this. Um, And so... The model kind of formed as we were doing this work
0: in addition to cleaning up this property you also are doing a lot of interesting things to activate it and get people involved what are some of the things that people can come and do at the heron's nest site currently
4: Spring is filling up quickly with community activities. Heron's Nest volunteer team has been offering an array of skills trade workshops for folks to be able to come and access tools and utilize the space to work on educational projects and building up their own toolbox to be able to take home skills with them. And that's at alternative education model outside of having to, you know, pay for, sign up for a long-term program, but to then be able to come and access um, those resources with no commitment and no prior experience necessary. So being able to experience all of these different opportunities and skills and carpentry, welding, mechanics, building, farming, food growth, permaculture and restoration without having to commit to a longer-term, programs to really see if that's something that folks are interested in and then can build off of and then also create opportunities for job positions and training into the future as well by building on those skills um, and having those resources rather than um, having to put kind of all your eggs in one basket.
0: So learning is a big part of the story at Heron's Nest. And then there's also activities like outdoor movies and dinners and things like that that have been going on up there.
4: Yeah, so definitely want to incorporate uh, more fun and engaging things as well, just to bring people to the site. And that's what we've seen over the past year and a half. That is something that really does engage community members is when they're able to actually come and be on the land and see the space and see the potential and learn about the entire Duwamish River Valley and the river itself and the history and culture of its uh, indigenous and first peoples that being able to just offer use of the space for fun activities and all ages activities like outdoor movies. That was one of the things that we did last year and we will do later again this year. We ended up putting up a 40-foot movie screen up here and uh, <laughs> just opened it to the public just to mm-hmm. be able to bring people to site and engage with the land in that way rather than just focusing all on you know, work and uh, labor. And so we've also been offering other free events like we did a spring egg hunt and other arts and crafts days and we'll be doing a monthly makers market up here beginning in May so that's really exciting and have a lot of community members makers local West Seattle and Duwamish River Valley businesses that will be attending to help bolster local business owners and the community in that way to be able to share in this outdoor space and gather together so that'll be the third Third Saturday of every month from May to November. People can sign up for a monthly update. We've been doing a calendar online and on Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Heron's Nest Outdoor. And that's a really active page where we're posting stories about updates every day of the work going on and people can become involved in that and engage and just, yeah, reach out, come visit the land, visit the Duwamish
0: longhouse. I was up there on the weekend and I went up to just talk to people for this podcast episode. And two and a half hours later, (laughs) I had dumped my umpteenth wheelbarrow full of mulch (laughs) onto the trail area because I was up there and I felt like I'd be happy to participate. It was exciting to be there with other people who I talked to on that day and who were just wanting to help out for this really interesting project. I think it's really cool.
4: Yeah, the support that we've seen and interest in participating has been amazing, overwhelmingly amazing on that end, just folks coming together and supporting the tribe, but also the health of the land and in education as well. And the education part is a huge part of the mission to then help create a strong foundation, um, to build off of for the future. So everything that we are doing up here definitely tries to involve an educational aspect so people can leave feeling supported and uh, supported mm-hmm. by their community and excited um, to continue this work.
0: What are some of the best ways for people to support the Heron's Nest project?
4: Yeah. Attending events and coming out to volunteer right now, our regular volunteer days are Saturdays and Mondays, but that'll probably open up a bit into the summer and warmer days and longer longer nights. And also, yeah, just sharing the events, spreading the word, coming out to a different free activities. But then also, if people can contribute financially, that's amazing as well, because all of these efforts have been completely done on volunteer basis. So one of our largest goals this year is to create enough funding and overhead to be able to offer stipends, part-time and full-time positions to tribal members and different members of the community.
0: I went up to Heron's Nest for the recent Duwamish Alive Cleanup Day where volunteers were working hard on cleaning and greening the Heron's Nest site.
5: Hi, I'm Paris.
0: And what brings you out here today, Paris?
5: I am at Bastyr University, and we had to do some sort of community engagement. So some of my fellow classmates are out here just helping and trying to contribute the best way that we can.
0: Have you been up to Heron's Nest before?
5: We have not been up here before.
0: What do you think of it?
5: It's pretty cool. I like the project that's going on here and just creating space and clearing out space for indigenous people. I think it's amazing.
0: What are you working on today?
5: I am being attacked by blackberry, but I'm just trimming um, some of the blackberry stems as low as I can. So. They're not spreading wildly. <laughs>
0: That's a tough job.
5: It is a very tough job. They've attacked my ankles already, but it's okay. it's okay. We're getting it done.
0: <laughs> it's uh, culturally relevant, especially uh, being returned to the Duwamish and um, ecologically relevant and just you know it, it helps people mentally to have these types of spaces and community involvement and
3: uh, I just the the positives are it's hard to start and hard to end, you know. I think it's really great to just you know, revitalize the land and uh, keep it as clean and healthy as we can make it. You know, Humans are connected to nature and we need to make sure our surroundings and environments are as healthy as we are. I'm an arborist uh, and I've wanted to do some sort of volunteer work, giving back, hopefully use my skills to do some good. And I've worked with Green Seattle Partnership before but I'd never actually been to Heron's Nest. And so it seemed like a good time to come check it out and see what was going on. There's not many places in the city quite like this or if there are any places in the city quite like this it's a it's a unique spot up on the hill it seems like we have a fair amount of green spaces in seattle um but to have something that's uh not owned and run by the parks to be able to have that kind of space that the community can have more control over to shape how they want it to uh, seems like a unique situation. They don't, I don't know, I haven't really run across that too much, so. Me neither. And
0: clearly connected to the longhouse and doing a whole bunch of the right things, like getting rid of invasive species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Th-
3: yeah, I think the thing that draws me the most here is the that they have the ultimate goal of giving this, buying the property and then giving it back to the Duwamish. Um, seems like uh, definitely a worthy cause. And so, I mean, I guess that's just another... Thing that's making this unique have you been up to the heron's nest before
4: no this is my first time actually yeah
0: what do you think of it
5: uh, it's pretty cool I do love the outdoors so I'm glad to be up here
0: what are you doing here today?
5: All kinds of things. We're planting uh, new flowers and, and mostly new bushes. Um, we're doing a lot of weeding of invasives. Um, let's see, mulching. I think mulching is our next step. Um, there's, They've got three or four, maybe even five different like stations that people can choose from.
0: How does it feel to be here today?
5: It's beautiful. It's a beautiful morning. It's great to have the fresh air. It's just beautiful. And it's great helping out, volunteering.
0: It wasn't all work and no play on this Duwamish Alive Day at Heron's Nest, as I learned from volunteers offering their expertise in leading free art projects with a meaningful connection to the land.
1: My name is Dominique, and I'm here today at Heron's Nest to help two crafts with children and introduce them to the nature and what we're all about up here.
0: What is it all about to you up here at Heron's Nest?
1: Uh, It's about community, and eventually, after the land gets all cleaned up, they're going to give it to the Duwamish tribe. So it's not too far, right down the hill. So it's all about helping out and community, just like West Seattle.
0: (laughs) Have you uh, done other activities and things up here before?
1: Uh, We have done a spring festival, and we did a winter art fair. There was also some really good food vendors, too, not going to lie. It was very impressive how many people showed up, even with the threats of snow and rain. So I am here at the Heron's Nest, facilitating one of my favorite things to do, which is blending arts and uh, nature and place-based education and facilitation here today. Like a nature printing using ink and paint to roll onto natural plants here at the Heron's Nest and talk about plant ID and blend that with uh, nature-type craft. I've also facilitated some felting workshops and blank printing as well. What makes
0: Heron's Nest a, a good place to do this kind of art?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. I really love the Heron's Nest because... It's really a blending space of community and education and social justice and incorporating that with art altogether is a really powerful project, especially in reciprocity to the Duwamish peoples whose land we are on, so. Doing these types of events and activities really speaks to the partnerships that we have and continue to have to the land and each other. And that is what I am very passionate about as a, as a teacher, as an artist, as a, as a human person.
0: To learn more about Heron's Nest and ways you can participate in this community project, visit their website at theheronsnest.org. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, share this episode with your friends, and mention us in your posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where our handle is alwayspodcast. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.